Well, hey, friends, welcome back to the Right Setup Leadership Podcast. I can't wait for our episode today as we continue in our series, A Dozen Axioms That'll Change Your Life. We're talking about a topic that I think you can't ever put fully on the back burner. It's something we always need to be aware of, and that's developing a strategy for saying yes and saying no. Let's face it. There's all the things that we want to do, all the things that we need to do, and sometimes we get confused and we don't fully understand or feel confident in a way to clarify, what am I going to say yes to in this season? What am I going to say no to in the season? And how do I make the right choices so that I'm not creating leaks in my life and leadership? we got a great conversation for you today. Look, before we jump in, I do want to remind you that if you haven't taken your next step and considered joining us in the Right Setup Collective, we've created this private community off of social media and the space for like-hearted leaders who are hungry, high capacity, and really wanting to navigate the complexities of their unique leadership experiences and grow in a way they're just not going to find it anywhere else. We've created that space, and it's the Right Setup Collective, and we want you to consider joining. So click the link in the show notes, head over to rightsetupcollective.com, and you can join today and jump into the conversations that are unfolding. We cannot wait to see you there. And now, on to today's episode, as we continue in a dozen axioms that will change your life and a conversation about what to say yes to and what to say no to. Enjoy today's episode of the podcast. Hey there, time for another episode of the podcast And we're continuing today with a dozen axioms that will change your life. We'll get to axiom number nine in just a few minutes. But I wanted to start with this. Thank you. Thank you, first of all, for how you serve your family, your team, your organization, especially those who we get the opportunity to coach. We also want to say thank you for inviting us into your leadership journey. We know it's hard. It's very complex right now. Leadership has always been challenging, but you inspire us to continue to take the risks that we're taking here at Stay Forth because ultimately we are about serving you. Whether we're coaching you, whether we're curating a community around your needs, whether we're educating you about sabbatical and helping you plan, whether we're interacting online, recommending resources, Uh, have content here on the podcast coming your way, whether you're interacting, leaving comments for us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We know that it can be hard to be authentic and share what's actually going on behind the journey, but it is worth it. It is hard, but it is worth it. So thank you guys. Lastly, thank you for those who have jumped into our Right Side Up Collective. This is a private community and it's hosted on Mighty Networks. I've got the app on my phone. I've got the desktop version and I have loved watching conversations break out. We have for-profit leaders, non-profit leaders, digital marketers, pastors, content creators, podcasters in there. Thank you for taking the risk on that community. We believe it will be well worth both your time and your money. Guys, each month, this is going to feel like group coaching. This is also going to feel like a connected community. You may get to know some people on there that you have follow-up phone calls and Zoom calls with or meet up in person. I'm loving what is breaking out on Right Side Up Collective. Now for axiom number nine in our Dozen Axioms series. Now, these are a dozen sayings or phrases that we have uncovered and discovered in the coaching conversations that we have about half of the week, two-thirds of my week, some weeks, I'm hearing leaders like you saying some of the exact same things. So eventually, we have to pay attention to that and say, we should probably speak to these. 
We began chipping this list down and it ended up being a dozen. I know not a baker's dozen, not 13, exactly 12. It just happened that way. But these are phrases that we just continually hear people talking about. These are things we continually help people with our tools to develop. And we are just sitting on too much leadership gold for conversation to keep it to ourselves. So if you haven't picked up on the series, if you're new to the podcast, we're so glad you're giving us a shot. If somebody shared this with you, your time is valuable. We're so glad to be in your earbuds. But we encourage you to go back and to listen to the series as this is the ninth of 12. Here we go. Axiom number nine, develop filters for saying yes and no. I was a few years into my leadership journey and I was honestly heading toward burnout. I was a young pastor and I was beginning to even apprentice younger leaders than myself, but I had serious energy leaks. My bucket was cracked for two different reasons. Number one, I hadn't defined and submitted to priorities. Because of this, I was kind of always living at 70%. I was never really working that hard and I was never really resting that hard. And there were the kind of these squishy boundaries between when I was working, when I was available, also early days of cell phones and connectivity. And I didn't realize the challenge that it would be to be in the quote unquote people business, the business of serving people with much of my life and yet staying connected to people. I did not define the priorities and therefore I did not submit to those priorities and that was a problem. The second reason was I was investing my best energy into several people who weren't hungry. Maybe you've done this before. Leaders, this is a huge issue. So we talk a lot about priorities here on the podcast and in our coaching at Stay Forth, but we don't talk as much about this idea of hunger. We are going to dig in on that big time in this episode. It is a big problem among leaders and something we certainly need to pay attention to. Now, despite the pain of that season, being just a few years into leadership and wondering what was going on and feeling disoriented, I am so grateful for that season. I mean, I wouldn't do it any other way. That pain in my leadership has gotten me to where I'm at. It got me to a place where I was able to protect my family and actually put leadership and ministry and calling and vocation in the right place in my life. In that season, I discovered boundaries, rhythms, and Sabbath, and I'm so grateful for that. I discovered those not because I wanted to, but because I simply had to. I also began to develop filters for who I would invest my best time into. It felt like I was investing in some people. I was just sort of dragging them along with a lot of will and a lot of grit. And of course, that doesn't work. I saw the difference between those who truly wanted to grow and those who simply wanted something from me, whether it was my time or a meeting or just a little bit of hit of that leader. And I see that a lot for leaders. Ministry became a whole lot more fun. I had more energy and more motivation. And I began to watch people. They were blooming relationally and spiritually. They were growing. They were maturing. I began to develop teams of leaders and invest some of my best time, not in just doing the thing, but actually developing the people who were doing the thing. I turned from really a doer to a developer 
in that season and uncovered things that absolutely have shaped not only my leadership coaching, but what we get to do at Stay Forth. Those leaders were investing in other people, and I watched that investment grow. Equipping other people became so much of the bedrock of my life. And on top of that, I still had the capacity to apprentice these younger leaders who needed leadership reps and they needed discernment for their future. I discovered the secret of investing my best time into the hungry. Now, one of the greatest challenges for leaders is discerning who should get their time. Maybe you're feeling that viscerally when I say that. Who should get your time? How do we decide? We're going to talk about that. Of course, as leaders, we want to help everyone. But at some point, we all realize we simply cannot and should not say yes to every request. It works for a little while as you're gaining influence. And then it hits this crucial tipping point where it simply does not work anymore. If we're not laser focused on our discernment of these time requests, we'll find ourselves trying to chase down everyone in our lives, or at least anyone who asks for some of our time. Many times, these people have no desire to change or grow, but they simply want something from us. So we invest in them anyway. Now, it's crucial for us to remember, only the hungry change. Let me say that again. Only the hungry change. We cannot truly force anyone to change although we will try as leaders. And I see this especially as a mistake of either young leaders or insecure leaders. And let's be real, at times we are all insecure. But let's talk about that. So if this can be so exhausting to chase everyone, if this can be so exhausting trying to do all the things, work all the hours and meet with all the people, then why do we chase down people when they aren't hungry to change? Why do we keep doing that? Two primary reasons. Number one, it feels good to feel needed. It feels good to feel needed. In some sense, we're all wired to serve, of course, but in another sense, we are also insecure. So we make poor decisions about serving other people. Now, this desire easily slides into codependency. Guys, codependency is dangerous as a leader. The gap between serving and saving is a really fine line. And our role is not to save, but is to serve. If we don't recognize this in ourselves and find ways to fight it, we will end up trying to use people instead of serving them. Unfortunately, I've seen that ugliness in myself. I've seen that in leaders. And eventually, we build all of these things around us wondering, how do I get out from all of these commitments? Number one, it feels good to feel needed. Number two, we often have people vision. Now, what do I mean by people vision? This is the ability to see that others have the ability to get free, to change, to loosen their chains, to smash limiting beliefs, to actually grow and mature. As leaders, we often see things in other people that they don't see in themselves. And I know for me, when I can see that, which I think is a gift from God that God has given me, unfortunately, I can want them to change so much that I don't gauge whether they actually want to change or believe that they can change. We see the best in them, but unfortunately, trying to change people who don't want to or aren't ready to will drain our best energy. 
try to chase a few people that aren't ready to change or simply just don't want to change. And you may be giving up energy for another 10 people that you could deeply invest in. Have I pursued people who seemed resistant to change, who didn't seem hungry, who weren't ready? Of course, but it's the exception to the rule. And I proceeded with caution. Sometimes God will speak to you and say, invest in this person, pay attention to them, don't give up on them. And that is the exception, not the rule. And really important to say, don't hear what I'm not saying. Now, here's some questions to gauge hunger of those around you. How do we gauge hunger of those around us? Well, these questions have been really helpful for me. I think they can be helpful for you too. Do they initiate with you and have a clear request? Do they initiate with you and have a clear request? And is their request reasonable? Sometimes it can be an issue when I initiate with people and don't actually gauge whether they're hungry or not. Next, are they willing to invest time, money, or both into their growth? Are they willing to invest time, money, or both into their growth? Are they willing to bend their schedule to yours? Do they say, I can only meet during this small amount of time? This is the only time you have to come to me. Do they seem a little bit demanding in that? Or are they willing to bend their schedule to yours? Do they do what you'll ask them to do? Very simply, if you ask a request that they do something, reach out to this person. If I introduce you, would you follow up? Um, think about this before our next time together. Whatever that is, make sure that you are gauging those small requests. Whether you ask them to do that and they do it or not, that is a big indicator of this hunger. Do they stew on thoughts or questions after you meet? When you meet and you share something, you ask them something, it's a good thing if they text you back, email you back, or share at the next conversation. That really sat with me. Or I thought about the question afterwards. I've been thinking about it since we met. That is a good sign. Do they take your feedback well? You may share something that's a little bit sandpapery, a little bit bristly with them. Do they take the feedback well or are they defensive? Do they read or listen to content or thoughts that you send them? You should probably consider sending them a podcast or recommending a book or, hey, I read this article and thought of you. Let's talk about it. Very important to see. Are they listening to those things? Are they reading those things? Are they ingesting some of the content that's been really helpful to you? Now, it's important to realize a few things as we gauge other people's hunger and as we gauge your filters of saying yes or no. First of all, God is the hound of heaven. The Father is chasing people down and saving them. That is not our role, but our role is to serve them. God's resources are unlimited and ours are incredibly limited. We are not God. Secondly, you won't be able to serve everyone who asks you. Just get used to it now. Part of having influence is disappointing people. Remember, even Jesus let the rich young ruler walk away. Number three, when we work harder on someone else's life than they're willing to work, we develop resentment and fatigue. And this can be a serious drain to your leadership and to your vocation. Fatigue and resentment are not good. They will hold us back from investing our best into other people and from bringing our best attitude, from bringing the ability to serve people. Resentment and fatigue will both get in the way of that. Friends, I encourage you to make the commitment not to work harder on someone else's life than they are willing to work as a boundary and as a way to hold you back 
from your good heart turning into codependency. And number four, the more success you experience or excellence you exhibit, the more people will want your time. Now, this is crazy disorienting to leaders. It requires boundaries and discipline. Think about it. The more success you experience, the more excellence you exhibit, the more people will want your time. Therefore, the better you're going to have to get at boundaries. Now, I realize, guys, you did not get into your sphere of leadership to be a no person. We got into that to be a yes person, to say yes to those requests, to serve all the people you could, to influence in those ways. However, to steward the leadership and the influence God has given you, you are going to have to have filters to say yes and to say no. Normally, we give you a resource to learn from or grow from. This time, you actually need to develop a resource. You need to develop a process for what you'll say yes and no to. Now, this will help you gauge the hunger and relational fit of those who ask for your time in the heat of the moment. What do I mean by that? When somebody sends me a speaking request, I want to say yes every time. When somebody invites me to have coffee, when somebody asks me to speak into something with their team, when somebody says, hey, I've got a question, do you have some time? My immediate response is that I want to say yes. However, in the heat of the moment, I'm likely to make a bad decision. Remember, when emotions are high, intelligence is low. There are simply too many inputs, too many people around us, and too little time to say yes to everyone who wants our time. Others can help you guard these filters, but guys, no one can develop them for you or for your family or for your team. That is your responsibility. It takes discernment. It takes time. And of course, it takes the margin to be able to stop and to create those while you're blowing and going, moving fast in the heat of the moment, now is the best time. You can use these filters for saying yes and no to all kinds of requests. These could be speaking requests, meeting requests, mentoring requests, pick your brain requests, which by the way, don't use that phrase. It's the worst. Content creation requests, funding requests, and many more. Whatever the things are that people come to you wanting something, maybe it's even the, hey, can I pop in your office for 30-minute request? Can we grab a quick Zoom call? Can we get a 15-minute call? These filters will help you in all those areas. These processes should help you to de-emotionalize the request. Again, in the moment, we need to de-emotionalize from that pressurized, oh man, I really should say yes. This is almost, these filters are boundaries and almost a script that you're going to follow each time when somebody wants your time. For example, if somebody wants me to hop on a plane, I have to realize that's going to affect my team. That's going to affect my family. With four kids, I'm probably going to miss something going on in their life. That's a huge deal. So my wife and I have a process to be able to go through Often I'll need to check with my team to see if there's something big that I'm going to miss, some kind of training. Can somebody else lead it for me? Something I've committed to already. And then we're going to follow that. And I actually have a speaking request form. Maybe you've gotten that. If you've asked me to speak or travel or, or speak into what you're doing with your team, especially outside of my context, I'm going to need more information to gauge whether this is a good request in this season or whether it just simply doesn't line up. Now, in your request back or your process, you should be able to highlight your values. Here's what deeply matters to me is time with my family, time in my community, and time investing in both my team and my coaching clients. Highlight your values. Also highlight your limitations. 
I don't travel as much as I used to because my kids are older and as they get older, maybe I'll travel a little bit more and they can come with me. Maybe my wife could come with me and we can make it a combo trip. Also remind people of your passion, specific areas and requests that you want to say yes to. I always get a little bit excited when somebody says they're writing a book. As one who has written four books, uh, I want to help push people toward writing a book, but that doesn't mean I can give everybody an hour. I usually send them a guide called a Busy Bums Blueprint and a Busy Bums Guide for Writing a Book. And if you feel like you want to write a book, just shoot an email at hello at stayforth.com. And I will invest this busy bums guide into you. Once I'd spent hours and hours talking through the same writing process, I realized I could probably just put this into a resource. And this PDF has helped many people to develop their process and to write their book. Make sure you also gauge the hunger of those asking. Make sure to gauge the hunger. Well, how do you do that? Here's a reminder. We've got some questions for you to ask. Before you invest your best time in someone, ask these questions. How much of my time and energy are they really asking for? How much of my time and energy are they really asking for? Here's a hint. It's never really just a 30-minute coffee. It's never really just a 15-minute phone call. There may be a follow-up afterwards. They may want to meet regularly. How much of my time are they really asking for? Number two, do I believe this is a good investment of my time and energy? Why or why not? Do I believe this is a good investment of my time and energy? Why or why not? Next, am I the best person to help them or could someone else serve them better? Just yesterday, I referred somebody else who asked me, can you help me in this area? And I thought I could be of a little bit of help but here's somebody that specifically does this for all of their work week. It is literally part of their job description. They are a specialist, and I'm going to refer you over. After a quick meeting, I connected these two leaders. I believe this leader will serve them far better than I could. Am I the best person to help them, or could someone else serve them better? Sometimes I reach back out and say, I don't think I'm the best person. Would you be open for an introduction? And then I check both sides of that and then introduce them. Of course, have you gauged the answer to this? Are they hungry to grow? And how do you know? Are they hungry to grow? I want to work with hungry leaders. Think about Jesus with Peter, James, and John. They were the guys that were sort of always around and close to him. I want to work with Peter, James, and John's. The people who are close and they are hungry and they just keep going for it and they ask questions and they kind of hang around just a little bit closer. Those are the people who continue to grow. Not necessarily the most impressive ones, but the ones who just keep coming back. That's part of my filters. And last, what process do they need to go through for me to invest in them? Maybe they need to talk to your executive administrator. Maybe they just need to book on your calendar. For me, I use Calendly as an automated calendar system so I don't mess it up and overbook. Hey, here's the link. Here's where you can schedule with me a 30-minute time or a 90-minute coaching session, whatever that is. What process do they need to go through for you to invest in them? Make sure to be fair to them. Communicate this clearly. When it is the right person, they need to know what their process is. In short, friends, you need to have filters for saying yes and for saying no. It is disorienting when people are coming at you with all kinds of requests. No one will do this work for you, and it is crucial. 
God is here to save and we are here to serve. And we simply cannot serve everyone who asks for our time and energy. Guys, leadership is complex. And this is one of the most disorienting things about being a leader. It can be incredibly painful to say, there's not all of me to go around to all the people. But there's great news, friends. We have limits. We have boundaries. We need to pay attention to those. We are not machines. We are humans. And with our limitations, God has invited us to partner with him in the renewing of all things, including the renewal of relationships, including creating beautiful things, cultivating content that changes lives, meeting with people to see the divine spark come through in them, connecting things that can partner organizations, people that can create beautiful things together. This matters. Your leadership matters too much to not have boundaries, to not have filters, to not examine why you're saying yes and why you're saying no, to overinvest in some and build resentment and fatigue. We need to steward the life, the leadership, the influence God has given us. We're going to continue to talk more in Axiom 10, 11, and 12 about some similar topics. This stuff matters. Pay attention to those questions. Develop your filters. If you have any thoughts, questions, or feedback on this episode of the podcast, go ahead and shoot us an email at hello at stayforth.com. We'd love to hear from you. Friends, your leadership matters a lot. Keep going. Press on. It's worth it.